Howdy, everyone. Welcome back to the MatchNet Podcast. Welcome, guys. We have Kozan Morimoto. How you doing, Kozan? I'm really good. Really good. That's good. And Kathy Passe from Florida. How you doing, Kathy? Good, thanks. Yeah, it's good to have you guys. Uh, today, we're ta- touching a touchy-touchy topic about crushes. You ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> now, to be honest, now, to be honest I, I know this is a, a topic that uh, many people are dealing with uh, who are preparing for the matching process. And I just want to remind you guys that this is the only podcast for you single folks who are preparing for the matching blessing that I know of on the planet or in the universe. So uh, we always appreciate you sharing it around with your family, your friends, your your team, uh, your people. And the only way that this spreads around is through word of mouth. So a share would means a lot because that's the only reason we do this is to help more people just like you uh, who are going through this matching process. Just like people like Kozan, right, buddy? Yeah, I recommend oh. it. How old are you now? Uh, I'm 18. 18. Okay, gotcha. 18 years old. Yeah. And uh, so you wanted to have this topic today. Uh, actually, let's go Let's go back a second and introduce ourselves just a little. All right. So Kozan, introduce yourself. What are you up to? Just in like a, sec- a second. And then Kathy as well. So we know who you guys are a little bit. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Hi. Um, my name is Kozan Morimoto. I'm 18 years old. And I'm currently on a gap year program called Generation Peace Academy. Uh, yeah. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. All right. Uh, my name is uh, Kathy. You can call me Kathy, and um, I I'm in my mid thirties, and I live in Florida. We moved here from the East Coast. Uh, sorry, from New England a while ago, uh, almost a year now. Um, I'm blessed with three kids, and I'm currently serving as blessing coordinator for our Sarbesian two, um, and I'm also a personal trainer, but I'm on maternity leave. So nice. that's a little bit about me. That's a jam-packed bio right there. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So I wanted to have both of you on this call because crushes is something that does come up quite frequently in, in our world, especially uh, in our movement. And to be honest, it's a t- it's a topic that I rarely touch because it's so, it's so far removed from my reality. And I instead of just talking about it with myself, uh, I wanted to get two people on here that have something profound to share. And actually, Kozan, this was your request. You wanted to be on this podcast. He was like, hey, we should do a podcast about crushes. I was like, great idea. And he was like, so when are we recording? I was like, um, okay, let's, let's go. <laughs> so, so initiation, which I love. So uh, Kozan, tell us why why is it that this topic is near and dear to you and you want to talk about it? I, I want to talk about this because it's brought me a lot of the crushes yeah have brought me a lot of pain mm. um a lot of uh confusion in my life um and it like kind of hurt my relationships with my family as well and like my my own trust and kind of left a lot of scars that i would rather no one to have um mm. so i i would i'm not pro at it but i just wanted to get out be out there because i've always wanted some some kind of information that was very relevant to me um mm. in the world where i could um you know help me go through this issue so yeah so let's if you can explain a little bit why why is it what is it that's painful like like you said about having crushes because according to every every piece of in, anything on the internet crushes are totally fine normal absolutely no problem so why is it for you that it's so such a tormenting thing and i know this reflects a lot of people in our movement so i think it's helpful to hear sure um i in our movement or i think and it's it's okay in like the outside world because you know we don't have like a our, our, our movement has a like a standard um there's something that we want to you know we want that you have this mission to have the blessing uh, for each and every one of us and crushes are aren't exactly that <laughs> um like the blessing we it's a process where we like talk to our parents um and i mean some people do suggest someone some people would have their parents choose or you have like a someone like dr young our continental director um to you know choose someone but uh, when we have crushes it's like just us and it, we know that it's like not maybe what our like our parents want um or, or not what our parents don't want, but uh, oftentimes it's selfish and it's kind of, it's hidden and we keep it to ourselves and we feel shameful about it um, when, when it, it shouldn't, um, yeah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be something yeah. 
think that it shouldn't be shameful uh, gotcha. since it's natural. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kozan, Kozan, look at me. Speak for yourself, bro. Okay. <laughs> I'm asking oh. you, why has, <laughs> how has crushes affected you in your life? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I've had many crushes in my life. Um, upcoming to who I am right now. Mm. Um, and it's, I've always wanted, had this, like, I've always kind of dived into fantasy, like, oh, well, what would a, you know, being life be with this person, marriage with this person? And I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think of it like, like eloping and just leaving, um, my parents mm. and just marrying off. I mean, when I have had, I have had that experience, but usually having these fantasies and oftentimes like i wouldn't think past myself and what what the blessing is really about like i didn't really have like any meaning like what is the blessing it's not i always thought it was more just like a marriage um but i would be around these people and i know like like oh i'm not you know i i feel like i i was wrong to have these kind of crushes and um and then, but then I want to be around them at the same time. I want to mm-hmm. talk to them, have this give and take with them. Um, but then, you know, I like that. I, my what I thought was the ideal and the standard and what everybody wanted me to do was like going this way, and and I was going this way, and I was kind of just being split apart. Um, and that kind of, I don't know, we call it midway position. It's just like super. It's really painful because um, mm-hmm. I. I see that I want, there's like this thing that my parents want me to do, but I'm going this way. Gotcha. So do you feel like there's kind of like a a torment or discrepancy in your heart because you have values or standards as you call them, but you feel like you're, you're doing something or or not living up to those standards. So it causes you a little bit of heartache, maybe, right? Mm -hmm. Like conflict, conflict, you know, conflicted about it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so Kathy, what is, what is your, where's your heart at regarding crushes? Yeah, prior to this, it was, um, I had to really think about what I wanted to cover on this mm-hmm. topic, because I actually never thought about how crushes can impact you so negatively. But it has for many people. It's interesting, because it's natural, right? It's God given, I think we're we're meant to be attracted to the opposite sex. That's how God designed us to be. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, God's role and what our understanding is of how we take that crush further and is it God-centered and I honestly think crushes have a lot to do with um the impact of society Mm. what we watch what we consume and you know the media and also like our parents and extended relatives like I remember you know as young as maybe even eight nine or ten going to like Thanksgiving dinners and you have like family members who are outside the church like asking you, oh, do you have a boyfriend yet? Do you are you in a relationship yet? And it's almost like an expected thing. So like that feeds our our idea of crushes being okay and that you know that they should be pursued. Um, but definitely because in our movement there's a standard, like what Kozan was saying, it's more difficult. Um, and how you act and pursue that. I think with crushes, the most important thing is what are you attracted to? Because it's a fine line between crushing on someone and lusting after someone. Mm. Is it the external? Is it um, you just like this person because you see them and you like them externally? Or is it their mindset, like what the, they have to offer to you internally? Um, are they going to lead you to where you want to be in values and faith um, in the future? Um, so I think that's kind of where I'm I'm thinking about um, you know, how to draw the line between healthy crushes and how to pursue that or not. Um, so that's kind of like all my thoughts going in on around this. Gotcha. Yeah, I love it. I think defining terms is important too, because when we say crushes, there's there's an underlying uh, kind of con- connotation associated with that, which is usually like, you know, teenagers, 18 years mm-hmm. old, going to GPA, having crushes, right? But maybe a, a more general term that is understandable is attraction. And so if you can define attraction as being productive or destructive, because absolutely attraction is a God-given human condition. Like if we didn't experience attraction, then nothing would, nothing would happen. (laughs) Like a lot of society (laughs) would just, would just stall and just stop. (laughs) 
Like we wouldn't be motivated. We wouldn't get married, wouldn't be in relationships. So attraction is, is maybe the overall umbrella term that like is in my mind currently, but there's obviously like you're saying, which I think is a beautiful point, Kathy, that there's a distinction between a healthy and unhealthy attraction. Kozan, what do you, what are your thoughts on that and your experience? regarding like the two types of attraction i know in many of the questions i've had i've only i've seen people only like by the physical appearance um like oh she looks pretty or whatever um and i think that's like a that's very that's more of an unhealthy attraction since these things change like people will grow older and they won't be like that anymore so if per se i was motivated by these kind of physical um, factors and got married to this person and then they got older that would change and so my love for them would change too because that's why I started um, mm -hmm. or why I pursued that relationship um, but things like uh, who who they are um, what what the the kind of the character and um, those sorts of things I think is a more healthy attraction um, because it's it doesn't it doesn't change and um, I mean, I don't think solely that shouldn't be your sole reason for pursuing someone. Um, like there's also other stuff, but I think it's more healthy since you're not, you're looking at who the person really is and that won't change. Um, mm. Yeah. I'm actually curious um, what, when, when, I mean, for women, when we have crushes, at least I, I think for me and a few other, you know, most sisters, we get attracted to actually inner qualities. That's why it's becoming so much harder to distinguish is this right or is this wrong? But for men in the male perspective, is it primarily externally driven that a crush begins? I can't speak for other guys, but me, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll, share, I'll share a real, like a real example that a conversation that happens pretty frequently because I, I talk a lot with people that have, uh, unhealthy, unhealthy relationships with media, social media, porn. And, you know, when, when the topic of crushes and attraction comes up in the matching process uh, and, and the conversation goes like, well, it's okay. It's natural. It's fine. And the general, the general consensus is that attraction is okay. Right. But when I ask about their, their behavior and their habits, and I ask, you know, point blank, do you have, do you have an unwanted porn addiction? And they're like, yeah, well, it's like, you're looking through a lens at women or at men or yourself, whoever, of what is attractive, what is not attractive based on years of training your brain and your eyes. And if you're looking through that lens of what is attractive based on what media, social media, porn, Instagram, whatever it is, has taught you, it's very, 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 very unlikely that you can look at everyone's unique God-given qualities as we're supposed to. Because if everybody only looked for the spouses with the most attractive qualities, internal or external, whatever the, the training is, what would happen to society? No one would get married, right? Because not everybody is like that. <laughs> not everybody is, is attractive according to the, the ways that you have deemed them attractive based on exposure, exposure to whatever media, right? So my point is like, if you are even considering like, oh, you know, is this a healthy attraction or not a healthy attraction? The, the simple litmus test is, do you have an un, unhealthy relationship with media? Do you spend a lot of time on Instagram? And there have been studies that actually show that if you go swipe through lots of photos of women or men that are very attractive, and then right after you look at your own partner or your own spouse, you will significantly see them less attractive after swiping through a bunch of photos, right? So it's like there's a direct correlation between the stuff that we're consuming, the stuff that we're using that affects the lens through which we look at people. And isn't it sad that if you look through the lens of that, it's it is so much harder to look at the God-given qualities and characteristics of every single person. Because ideally, right, in an ideal world, we look at every man and woman and ourselves as like, wow, this person is infinitely, uniquely beautiful in their own characteristic. They're just beautiful. And we see that not in a sexual or perverted or a, a lustful way, but just like, wow, this is an attractive person. And if you can look at people through that lens, then yes, it makes finding a matching partner a lot easier. Because then you can sift through all the friction of is this of all the external stuff, and you can get right to the heart of the relationship, which is what actually contributes most profoundly to an, a long-term relationship. The success of a long-term relationship is pre predicated not on the external things that people have, but the internal qualities that they have, the characteristics, the values they have, the mission that they have, mm -hmm. the emotional 
uh, ability, uh, intelligence that they have. So this is just like a word of caution is like, we can have this conversation about attraction and crushes, but ultimately the litmus test is what is our relationship with this stuff we're consuming? What lens are we looking through at people and ourselves? Are we looking at ourselves in the mirror and, and judging ourselves based on whatever we think is attraction, attractive or not? Or are we looking through the lens of how does God see me? What is, what is it that I contribute and bring to this world that only I can? Anyways, this is like, I'm realizing as I'm talking about this, a much deeper topic than just like crushes and stuff. <laughs> But um, anyways, what do you guys thought? Yeah, I mean, I I, I definitely agree. Um, I think uh, when you're talking about lenses and um, actually morning devotion was kind of similar to that. Uh, the topic was, and it pertained to husband and wife, um, uh, it, the topic was how often do you see your spouse actually as God's child? Or do you just see them as your husband or your wife? But do you go deeper into who they really are and what makes them so special to God. And I think because of the, you know, the day-to-day that we forget because we're living in an external world, um, we forget that the person that we are either involved with or married to or blessed to is more than just, you know, a bag of bones and, you know, and like, you know, just a body, but they are actually God's child. And we forget that deeper aspect of it. Um but in regards to crushes and um you know and how we take it any further i definitely think with how society is today it's becoming so common to um to make it you know just a thing like um almost like a, a tick on your on your score sheet of how many people have you uh, uh, are you attracted to how many have you dated how many have you seen and in a way, it's similar to dating, where it just tarnishes the value of that final relationship that you're meant to have. And um, I think with regards to when is it okay, I think right now, when you're preparing for the matching and preparing yourself to be a future spouse, it's important to appreciate other people's beauty. But when you're fan- when you start fantasizing a life with someone, you know what? It's not just for singles. I, I know a lot of people who compare their spouse that they're already married to, to someone else, another man, another woman, uh, another what if. And I think you're always going to do that comparison if you're not fully settled in your relationship with your significant other, with your with your spouse that God gave to you. And um, And it can always happen if you're not really sure about what you're looking for in a spouse as a single person. So I think defining what you value in a person and only wanting to pursue that type of person that leads you closer to God, that's closer to your value system and et cetera, um, is one way to to realize what's healthy and what's not. You may be attracted to the to, to the most beautiful girl in, you know, I don't know, GPA or camp, whatever. Um, but if their character and their attitude and, you know, where they see themselves in the future doesn't exactly align with who you want to be and what kind of family you want to pursue, um, it's it's easier to kind of sift through, uh, is this healthy for me or is it not? Can God be involved with it or will he be pushed further away? So I think um, having a clear set of value systems and what you're looking for in a, in a partner is super important and that's kind of like your your center um i don't know if that makes sense but yeah 100 percent. yeah absolutely that's beautiful i think that really paints a picture of like it's not just a a decision you make and then you get to the top of the mountain you're like oh now i'm good right i'm blessed now now everything's hunky-dory but as long as the underlying kind of root issue is not addressed then it's just going to be brought into the relationship later on mm-hmm. Kozan, do you have any thoughts like for the I don't know quote unquote solution to crushes like the first like I I think the first place you should stop at is like this God centered view uh, that Benji you're talking about and Kathy um that like it's so like from seeing from this kind of horizontal perspective um it's so easy to see everything like that changes in people and I mean pretty things um. I mean, even Divine Principle, they talk about original value in like the first chapter. Um, and that 
And I feel like seeing from this original value brings out the most beautiful part of people. Um, but I mean, that's, I, mean, I don't have much as you guys said it all. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So now we're getting into like, how do you actually do this? We've identified why is it that we feel this little, like this discrepancy in our heart as people of faith who have high standards for our lives, have believe in the value of a blessing. And at the same time are faced with the reality of an unwanted distraction, essentially. So I think the first step in figuring out how to actually address this is to understand what are the negative effects of this behavior in this action, right? Because until until we understand how something negatively affects us, it's hard to change your behavior. Does that make sense? It's like, uh, it's not until people go to the doctor and realize that they have high blood pressure or high cholesterol or whatever, or a thyroid issue that they actually start to change their behavior. Because people can say all day, every day, like you got to exercise, you got to eat healthy, you got to do whatever. But until you you know, can see right in front of you, the, uh, the impact of your decisions and the weight of those decisions, then it's easier to change. So, uh, so I'll ask, ask you guys right now, like, what are the negative effects of crushes? Because that's kind of a hard thing to understand because there are so many justifications as to why it's fine, it's normal, it's totally cool, right? Um, I have, I have like some notes that I wrote down for Go this for thing, it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think oh, the biggest one is like, it, I know on GPA, we, we have like this thing, like you're not here to look for a matching partner or, and you're not here to, and we're like we're here to focus on our own growth and when we have crushes it's very distracting from that growth um we do a lot of fundraising and and things to work on ourselves but when we have our minds full of this person it's so i mean it's so easy to drift off from that and you're wasting a lot of time um and it's also distracting for the other person um because like the nature of of like loving someone even if it's like crushes uh, you want to be with them you want to give and take with them talk to them um, and that kind of unhealthy interaction um, is can be very unhealthy mm. um, and this other person i mean whether you notice it or not um, like they start to become more fond of you it doesn't have to be like a romantic kind of way um, but but your like my, my intentions uh, aren't aren't going to be like right they're not going to be it's a bit very selfish um, so that like kind of interaction, that kind of friendship will be very, uh, conditional and change yeah. a lot. So, yeah. And it can hurt the other person because once you don't like them anymore, I don't have a crush and you just kind of leave and, and then what happened to that? I thought we were friends. Uh, so interesting. Be... Yeah. hundred percent. I like that point you made about it being a distraction from life. I would say not just for GPA, like regardless of what you're doing, would you say that crushes in your life have been a distraction goes on? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm trying to study and like, Oh, like they pop up my head. Like, well, no, <laughs> focus. <laughs> why, why do you, why do you think like fundamentally, why is it that people have crushes? Um, I like think what's going on from... internally? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, some some people might have it for to fill themselves up of something that they don't have, uh, like a lack of love. Um, I know in my case it wasn't. I mean, it didn't. It's not apparently that. Like I would didn't feel like I was unloved by my parents. Uh, so I can only speak from my own personal testimony. Um, but for me, it was seeing something that was like beautiful. Uh, oftentimes I'd you know be attracted by physical appearance but sometimes it'd have like this kind of more, more internal these inner qualities would be very attractive um and like something that's beautiful is something i think divine principle defines it as like something that that receives a lot of love so like these people would be loved by people that i respect so if i had like my captain or something or like my like i don't know this is just an example but if i my commander for example i uh, gave a lot of love to this or attention to this person or my teacher or something and then then i saw that it's like i want to receive that same love from my commander i want this attention and so like naturally you you want to be around this person more and even without like a crush or anything like i do that with my friends um, and such uh, this is this wanting for this this kind of love um and uh, yeah <laughs> so that's one example of me yeah yeah that's really deep yeah we'll get into that more uh like why is it that we experience crushes even though we don't want them right 
Uh, but let's like take a step back because I wanted to hear Kathy share as well. Like what are the negative effects of crushes? Yeah, I think I'd say the same. It's just very distracting. And um, but I feel like it's just, you know, you don't ask for it to happen. I think it's just so natural and that it that doesn't make it okay. But I think it's, you know, like I said earlier, I think it's God given that these things happen. But it's being able to I guess understand when the right time is to act on feelings, um, and 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 what in what way and in what manner do you handle this crush? I mean, I feel like I've had crushes ever since I was as young as I was just telling my husband, probably like third grade, on other little boys who would share their lunch with me. <laughs> it's just act of kindness, and that's attractive. Not necessarily it was because of their physical appearance. It's just that oh wow this person is just so nice. And what a nice person you want to be with that person. And I think it's a very innocent way, but then you would have to make sure that, you know, your parents are raising you with the right standards that you wait until there's a certain age. There's a certain time that it's okay. Very much like God gave Adam and Eve the, you know, they were, they were supposed to be together, but God gave them a clear timeline of when it's okay to pursue that relationship and until then, it's just a brother-sister relationship. Um, so, yeah, uh, what are the negative effects? Yeah, it's very time-consuming. It, 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 uh, it strays you away from what you should be focusing on. But I think what's super important is being surrounded by the right family who's able to guide you and uh, understanding when the right time is to pursue certain crushes and how you deal with them. You know, I, I have made justifications before, like in high school, not necessarily college, but high school, that was a tough, tough year for many, many people. And, you know, sometimes you find yourself being attracted to someone because, oh, this guy is Christian. He's very, you know, he mm. believes in God. He's got a great family. I, I can see myself being married to someone like this, even though they're not, in, you know, and you make these justifications. And there's many of my friends who've gone through that. Who, and I've had those thoughts myself. But when you stop and think, is this, if I pursue this, is this the life that I want to live? Because if I pursue that, then this is how my life is going to look like, um, possibly. Then you kind of outweigh the pros and cons. It's like, how much do you value your life, it, you know, knowing God, knowing your parents, going the way of the blessing versus the uh, other side, you know, and that can be applied to other, other scenarios, whether they're in the church or not. Um, so I think crushes, generally are okay it's how we deal with them it's how we pursue them and it's what kind of um standards we have that are coming in from people that we trust like our parents our um, leaders our ables um, friends and how they you know influence the way we handle these these things yeah 100 percent I guess I will respond to this question by first addressing this question, which is why do people fundamentally develop crushes, even though they don't want them, right? Now, this is an important question because if you are in the if you're in the camp of, oh, crushes are fine and normal and natural, the most natural thing in the world, and you should be attracted to anyone and everyone you want and just flirt with them as much as you want. If you're in that camp, then I mean this podcast is not for you, but I know for a fact that the people that are listening to this, the uh according to our Spotify stats, the 80% of them that are under 30 and 66% of them that are male are not in this that camp. And they're of the people that are like, I really want the blessing. I want to have an incredible marriage and family in the future. And I hate having crushes. I hate it. Right. To the same extent, people say, I want to have all of this. And I hate that I have a porn addiction, or I hate that I can't get, get rid of whatever unwanted, unwanted behavior it is. So for me, this uh, the, the fundamental reason people have crushes really came to light at a workshop recently. I was at a high noon workshop that we were staffing and we were doing a panel and some a sister was asking us about crushes and Karina Mendez was on the panel and she gave the best response that I, I thought of. Uh, and I never heard this before. And she said that crushes are a form of an addiction. And I was like, whoa, because it's, it's really, really hard to swallow that. But if you, if you look through the lens of an addiction as not just like someone's addicted or not addicted, but actually an addiction is a very, very common state that most of us are in to some extent. If you define an addiction as a tendency to want to es escape a behavior to something else, a tendency to want to escape a specific negative emotion, specifically stress, anxiety, boredom, whatever, to some kind of stimulant to help us escape that reality. If you look at an addiction like that, 
then it's like, yeah, crushes can 100% be considered an addiction, right? If you don't like the word addiction, that's fine. Just erase that from your mind, but an escape, uh, but a, a crush absolutely is 100% an escape from something. Would you say that goes on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And specifically this, this really came to light again, when I was uh, mentoring a guy who was really struggling with, uh, with porn habit, but also he was struggling with a crush that he was having a, a co with a coworker. Right. And he was like, she's, you know, she's not a member. I want to get blessed, but I'm experiencing this intense crush. And I was like, so how long has, this, how long has this crush been going on? He's like, well, a few years. Right. And I was like, so, uh, what have you done? Like, have you acted on this crush this at all? Like this, this infatuation that he's having. He was like, yeah, well, you know, once a week I'll kind of talk to her and, and, uh, I'll, you know, fantasize about her or whatever it is. Right. And I was like, dude, you're, you're stoking the fire. You're feeding the monster. You're poking at the fire and you're not just letting it die. Because the reality is in my experience, at least when you just, if you just t- give it time, the crushes usually kill themselves off. If you don't stoke it, if you don't, if you don't poke the fire, if you do not feed the monster, then it'll just die naturally because you stop giving power to it. But the reason I think, in my opinion, again, that uh, that crushes develop and they linger and they last for a long time is because it's a kind of like an escape when we're feeling emotions of stress, anxiety, boredom, loneliness. These emotions that we don't know how to deal with, we tend to go to the, the easiest form of escapism, which we can think of, which sometimes is just, just thinking about fantasizing about what it's what, what it would be like to live in a different reality where this person was my spouse and we could just laugh and, and giggle and have a great relationship, right? So when I think of it, crushes as like a form of escapism, then the na- next natural question is like, how do you deal with uh, the negative emotions in a productive way as opposed to going to, you know, to stoke that fire. Um, so that's like, that's the way that I've thought about crushes. That's been really helpful for me. And also working with this, talking with this guy and mentoring and explaining to him that it's, it's a form of escapism or it can be seen as a form of an addiction. And it's not that it's wrong or evil or bad. It's just understanding so that we know how to deal with it because it's knowing, realizing that when I feel most infatuated by this person, and usually I'm thinking about things, it's usually associated with emotions of feeling stress that day. Right. And I started asking them, like, when you're, when you're really struggling with this crush, do you feel like on those days you're more stressed or more uh, depressed or lonely? He's like, yeah. And to the same extent, like on, on GPA goes on, um, is it, it's like, if you have something that you're really working for every day and you're busy and you're spiritually high and you're working towards everything that you're doing on GPA, would you say it's easier or harder to manage crushes when you're in that kind of environment? It's easy. It's easier. Yeah. Um, unless if i'm like fundraising then i'm like get stressed yeah. out because a lot of objections <laughs> but if i'm like you know if i feel like i'm i have a strong connection with god and spiritual yeah. high and then it's easier to like talk to someone like you know like get over it yeah or not think about it yeah but what, what do you think about that point do you feel like it it is a form of escape is like when you're feeling negative oh, emotions yeah it's definitely an escape <laughs> yeah for sure yeah, I know mm-hmm. I've kind of used fantasizing to deal with stress. Yeah, uh, I think like um one one thing like I I kind of wanted to add about um like why it's negative uh, has negative effects um is like being ungenuine and I mean it goes along with distraction, but you like Kathy said it's time consuming. Like you're when you go to the restroom, you're checking your appearance. You're saying, "Oh, do I look good?" Whatever. And then when you're around this person, you're not acting as yourself. I'm not acting as myself, and it's you're. Li- it's kind of like living a lie, and it's really hard. Like if the person, like if I really, if I many times to check myself, I think like if this person got married to me and I was like this, living this lie, trying to check my appearance and all these things. How long could I keep that up for? <laughs> like, how long could I keep, you know, mm. doing all these things, like going out of my way, spending more time? Like, I don't really think, you know, it's like building a relationship off of something that not really, that's not really me. And I, you know, that that person, if they even if they do get attracted to me when I'm checking my appearance or whatever, then that's the who the person that they're liking isn't like who I really am. Um, and I think like one of the most satisfying things, especially when I talk to my parents, is being loved for who I am. And I tell them 
like all my struggles and everything. And then my mom, she pulls me aside and she's just gives me a big hug. She's like, cousin, I love you. And it's like, oh, so yeah. Uh, I think crushes prevent that. Um, mm. That's yeah. <laughs> the society. Yeah, it's deep. Sorry, I strayed away from the no, question no, that's a little good. bit. <laughs> it's a solution. Now we're really getting to like, what are the solutions here? Um, so let's just like figure out how do we deal with these behaviors? If you identify that you have crushes or attraction or infatuation and you think it's not productive, uh, how do you deal with it in a productive way? Good point. Cold showers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's, that's like the old school. <laughs> um, Smack it out of yourself. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's... um. It's just literally removing yourself from the company of that person. I feel like, uh, especially coworkers, uh, people that you see daily, I feel like you build this chemistry because you see them on a day-to-day basis. Um, sometimes it's not realistic to be asked to be transferred somewhere else, but um, but oftentimes if you and Benji was saying you know just earlier it's you know stoking the fire it's how involved are you are you, are you becoming with this person and um the less interaction the better if you think it's an unhealthy attraction um i know um for example in my family you know i have five younger brothers and sisters so talking to them about their crushes and relationships and things like that is a, is almost like a daily thing but that's because we live in such a small town where everyone knows each other. And once my siblings have decided to do something outside of our city, like attending a workshop, going to GPA, um, uh, going to Toronto to see other blessed, uh, blessed kids in the area, once they start doing that and removing themselves from the situation and again, being more involved with having God as the center of their activity, it becomes easier to, dis- you know, to put the fire out, I guess, because you're separating themselves from the actual uh, problem. But um, if you, I think back to your point, if it is indeed a form of escapism, the understanding what you're trying to escape from is going to be super important in addressing that root problem. What is it that you feel like you're lacking and how can you address it in a healthy manner instead of feeding it from an unhealthy perspective. So unless you're clear about what it is that you're seeking and what you're not getting and you're filling it with something else, I think it'll be very hard to move forward. So I think that's an important aspect of it too. Yeah, I love that. That's 100%. So essentially it's like what you're saying, if you figure out where you're escaping from and address that, then you stop giving power to the symptom if you address the root cause. Uh, I think one thing that's really saved me um is reporting letting someone know getting an accountability partner and same with like points when you have this addiction letting someone know um i mean for for crushes it's like especially when you're around that person and you can't leave like you're saying like it's not so easy to get a transfer i mean the solution isn't quite simply like quit your job and you'll be good because then the next place you go you might get a crush um but i think uh, for me i've told some of my some older brothers or and about like hey i'm having this struggle like and just guessing their perspective of it um and sometimes it's just as simple you don't even need advice just need to let them know like hey i'm having this crush and then just simply knowing that they're around and they're watching you uh will prevent any like you know prevent you from you know misstepping it's easier to misstep when you're mm-hmm. alone or in an environment where nobody knows that I Mm -hmm. like I have this crush on someone um but but then also you can go to them uh, as well for advice um if you need advice or from this higher perspective so someone who's you know sober per se can you know (laughs) give you what's what's up yeah I think one of the most powerful things we can do is stop giving power to it and I think that's one of the reason that it consumes and it's insidious is because if we're living in shadows we're giving power to it we're giving power to it. We're giving meaning to it being controlling over us. And the fastest way to eliminate a shadow is to what? Uh, put it into light. light. Shed light on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So when you tell someone something, it's it, it sends a very strong signal to your brain, to your to your to your body, your spirit, and your soul that th- things are different, and you don't want to give power to this thing anymore. 
And I think like when, when people say stuff like, oh, I have a crush or I, I crush easy or my crush, right? <laughs> like the wording around it is really kind of is a red flag for me <laughs> simply because it's like, it's an identity that you're placing in yourself. It's the similar thing of like, you know, I, don't know I, I talk a lot with addicts to stuff. So people, you know, go through programs and they say, wake up every day and they say, uh, my name is so-and-so and I'm at, I am an addict which I think is actually not helpful because you're putting a label on yourself and you're ascribing a definition for who you are as a person. And if you are somebody, your behaviors will follow who you are as a human being. And I'm not saying that people are not addicts. I'm not downplaying the fact that people have severe addictions. I'm not, just be real clear. But I am saying that I think it is not helpful to label yourself as I have a crush because as soon as you do that, you give power to it. I think a more healthy approach is I have a dependency on cru having crushes and fantasizing about stuff or porn, whatever, to escape. And how am I addressing this? That's a more accurate reality of what's going on. And people walk around saying, my crush, this person is my crush. It's like, what? <laughs> Who told you <laughs> that you, you, are, you have a crush, that you are an owner of that person as their crush? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm just saying like, it's, it's frustrating because I think Labeling ourselves is one of the most powerful things or unlabeling ourselves is the most powerful thing we can do because we stop giving power to it. And that's what we're talking about when we're, when we're saying stop stoking the fire, stop feeding this monster is because you're, you're giving power to it day by day. But when you tell someone, it's like, hey, I have a crush or I feel attraction to somebody, then you stop giving so much power to it and weight to it. And this is one of the reasons that I, th I think that people of high, high moral values like all of us of high faith struggle with this kind of thing is because we feel a lot of shame that's associated with this stuff. We feel so much shame because we give so much power and weight to it, right? We do. It's like, I should be this, but I'm not. And therefore no one would accept me and no one would love me. And no one would, no one would give me grace or acceptance or unconditional love if they knew this thing about me. And that's an unfortunate thing. Unfortunate reality of having high moral values is that we usually have a lot of shame. We beat ourselves up a lot, right? Wouldn't it be nice if we just be like, yeah, it's fine. It's like, let me, let me move on. If we could just be open about stuff and address stuff in the, in, in the open. So I think a, a way to like shortcut this, this feeling of shame and, and hypocrisy is just to shed light on it and just tell someone. And when you do that, you eliminate, you immediately eliminate the shadow from your life. Not tell everybody. No, but then just telling somebody is helpful. You know what I'm saying? So that would be like my, my, I guess, basic piece of advice is how much power are you giving this, this behavior? And are you looking at it and labeling it as, as it actually is, or can you look at it as more as like, I have an infatuation and I have a dependency on this attraction because I try to escape usually when I'm feeling stressed or anxious or lonely. So like Kathy was saying, if I'm trying to escape these emotions, what's the nat what's the natural solution It's figure out what I'm escaping from and address that. And when you address that, you don't need to escape anymore. It's magical. I talk every single day with people who have porn addictions, guys, every single day. And it's shocking how quickly people can change when they address the root issue. When they address what am I escaping from and fix that issue and stop running from it and address the stress, the anxiety, the boredom, the depression, the loneliness, the whatever, it's shocking to people how quickly they can change because they don't need it anymore. Because they continue to do that and then they wake up one day and they go, wow, I haven't, I haven't thought about this crush in a long time. I haven't thought about acting out with porn masturbation in a long time. What's going on? Well, it's because you were addressing the thing that was causing you to, to want to escape. So I guess you figured the solution. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the solution. I, I hope more than anything, yeah. this is this is like a paradigm shift or perspective change for stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, like we said before, you know, when we think about crushes, it's very, very, it's like, it's a predefined term that everybody understands the same. Like crushes is something that everybody just experiences and we have no control over what it is, but we're like changing the paradigm. So we're defining it a little more clearly as to what's actually going on so that we can address the real thing, right? Especially for people that don't want them. And that's the catch. That's like, that's the, that's the kink in our system. It's like, why do us as unificationists in our movement have behaviors that we hate? Everybody does like that's indisputable. Everyone has behaviors that they continue to do that they hate, that they don't want. Why is it? It's a really important question. I think anger, violence, frustration, sadness, up and down, emotional yo-yoing, food, food addiction, anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's a really a, a, an important question. I think underlyingly, when we address that, we 
we resolve a lot of the issues that we have in our lives, in our faith, in our, in our families, in our couples, because the root is always very, very similar. It's always very, very similar, which means the solution is always very, very similar. Yeah, I agree. I think like something, I mean, sometimes I feel like it's hard to um, like report. I know some, like when I was before, it was really difficult for me to tell someone who is in the premises that I have a, like, I might have an infatuation, a crush for someone um, that was also in the same area or vicinity. Mm -hmm. um, but something that can help me get over that is catch it early. Like you have to, it's like the more I, like you, like you said, stoke the fire, start feed fed the monster, like the harder it is to get out of it and the harder it is to tell someone about it because you might i i know one fear i had was like you're telling me now let's let, i would think that the person i'd, I'd be mm. saying is like you're telling me now after all this time and which is really not the case but that's the kind of like the irrational fear that i had was um so it's a lot easier to you know you have this question you're saying notice and i mean i've had lots of experience uh, <laughs> with the kind of this issue um and um but like it's so liberating to just let someone know like the tiniest feeling like you don't don't be in denial just like i know as many times i was in denial i don't have a crush on this person no i you know i just kind of like them as a sister or whatever uh but like just but, like that's the hint like that's the sign like the moment you should, i start being in denial of these feelings is the moment i need to tell someone about it um because it only it'll only like grow otherwise into something yeah. that's healthy uh, yeah <laughs> so so what you're saying is is noticing earlier on getting better at noticing uh your emotional state and then telling someone way before it becomes an issue mm -hmm. interesting yeah. yeah yeah i know like some guys might be not maybe in that situation or people might not be in that situation where it's like maybe they have stoked the fire they're listening to this podcast but um for me like i know that that happened to me too um just like think realistically like is my situation going to change if i don't say anything it's only going to get worse and is this person that i'm going to talk to really going to look at me in such a such a like this in disdain like oh you didn't tell me like you're a terrible person like no that's not the case at all they're going to only see you like thank you for thank you for telling me like sure maybe you haven't you didn't tell me for a long time or whatever but you're telling me now and that's what matters and now we can work on it yeah so yeah mm -hmm. kathy would you have any words for people that are struggling with their crushes right now um yeah i mean i think one is for anyone struggling with their crush um i think they need to understand what the end goal is um for this person um like at, at what at what level are they at with their with their crush are they actually thinking about pursuing this and if they are why and is it healthy if they do meaning for example if you're in the matching process you know you can actually suggest people to your parents and there's nothing wrong with that that's part of the process but suggesting a person based on physical appearance and based on lust and what and and, and all the external qualities is that really what you want to base your relationship on? And you figure out very quickly as you, if you actually pursue that relationship, that that doesn't go any further than the initial talking stage of your matching process, because then you uncover the internal aspects, um, their qualities, their vision, and where they see themselves, and it doesn't align with yours. So if you're in the matching process and you're considering bringing someone up to your parents or your leaders, to consider because you have a crush on them, you think they're a great person, but you don't understand the inner internal qualities and work that it requires, it'll, you know, it's not going to go very far or it can cause you a lot of pain in the process. So I think going back to the beginning of our conversation, um, Benji was mentioning, it's very important to define what crush means versus lust versus um, what a, a healthy aspect of it could be. Um, so understanding your value system towards, you know, towards relationships, I think it's key. Um, and secondly, if you're crushing hard and like what we were talking about this whole time, 
it, you have to bring light to it. You have mm. to expose it and and not just to people that you relate to horizontally, because that could actually be, be more destructive. They can encourage that. They, uh, you know, so you need to go to someone who isn't able, who you really respect, who has a healthy relationship or outlook on relationships um, and ask for their guidance and uh, have a prayerful attitude towards it and um, and really treat it as, you know, almost like a, a condition of working on yourself and working on your future spouse um, and what that entails, because this is, you know, it's a big hurdle to check to face and um, you're going to be thrown a lot of hurdles in the matching process, but it's all worth it to overcome it if the outcome is the the type of family that you want in the future. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Thanks, Kathy. I was just, when you were talking, thinking about uh, the version of me many years ago that was deep in a crush and feeling totally hopeless. <laughs> and infatuated. And I felt like I was in a ditch and just tormented, like we've been talking about. And if I were to go back and talk to that, that little Benji, uh, teenage Benji, I guess I would say that like, don't worry about it. Like you'll, you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And just, just let it die. Take like time heals, time heals a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And if you're feeling this pain, then just give it time and don't worry about it. And you're not weird. You're not weird or strange or perverted or anything like that. Uh, but if, but if I would say, if you have an unwanted attraction and infatuation that is insidious and lasts a long time, it means that you, you are subconsciously trying to keep that, that infatuation because you're feeding it either through fantasy or interactions. Right. So that's what I would probably say is this is your, this is your choice. You can just stop giving it power and just let it die down, which it always does, by the way, always does. <laughs> right. Kathy it's like, yeah, it always does. <laughs> eventually yeah. always um it will not last forever and so if you just let it die down it will and if it's not that means that honestly look at yourself and see if you're 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 feeding this monster a little bit yeah all right close any last words uh, <laughs> if you have problems reach out <laughs> yeah. subscribe to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah we love we love uh requests. So this was a request from, from you. Uh, we also have some other requests that are coming real soon for podcast episodes. And, uh, if you like this episode, we appreciate you sharing it, but also send us an email or message or something just to let us know that you heard it. We love hearing feedback. And also if you have any questions, that's, that's uh, we love hearing that as well. Uh, if you want to join the MatchNet program, which is a step-by-step guide through this matching process process with all the education that you need to get blessed, then go to matchnet.us and that is everything you need. All right. So feel free to share this around. Lots of love to you guys. Thank you, Kozan. Thank you, Kathy, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>